1: Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording live from the Brooklyn Bunker. Today, I'm very excited to welcome back to Woke AF for an extended conversation, our friend Ellie Mistel, who is a justice correspondent for The Nation, and of course, you see him blowing full fire and truth on MSNBC, C-SPAN, and other outlets. You know, today I bring him on because I am moving to a place where... I want Merrick Garland gone. I want full campaigns aimed at the administration, aimed at Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris to get him out of the Department of Justice. Merrick Garland has had 10 months. 10 months to begin an investigation into 1-6, to alert the public to the fact that It wasn't just a mantra that no one is above the law, but that he was going to see to it that no one was above the law and that those responsible for trying to overthrow our government on January 6th, all of those involved, including from the president of the United States, his entire fucking cabinet, to the insurrectionist members of Congress, to the motherfuckers that defecated on the floor of the Capitol building, that these people would be arrested. Right? It's been 10 fucking months, and only a handful of people have gotten light sentences for trying to overthrow our government. You have Condoleezza Rice going on television last week saying that America wants to turn the page. No, they do not, actually. America wants to know that the page is not being turned on our democracy. Americans want to know that they can have faith in the institutions right? That are supposed to safeguard them from authoritarianism and fascism that are supposed to safeguard them from other insurrections and coups that we are seeing happen all around the fucking globe. You know, you think that you watch the news and you see what is happening in these other countries and you think to yourself, oh, that could never happen here. And you know, the only difference between them and us is that we are supposed to have systems of accountability We are supposed to have free and fair elections. We are supposed to have representatives that put their country ahead of their party. But time and time again, over the last several years, we are seeing that that is not the case. And not only that, but when we ushered in a new administration, that we also thought that we were voting for change, that we were voting for accountability wasn't enough to just say that Joe Biden wasn't going to be Donald Trump. We, we, we wanted him to be better. And we wanted him to hold Donald Trump accountable to make an example of him so that it would be known that you try and attempt to overthrow and thwart our democracy, we're coming for you. But that's not what we're seeing, is it? There are two major articles that have come out, one in the Rolling Stones and another one in the Washington Post, both being done by investigative reporters that are uncovering through contact with both planners and people who were present during the insurrection about how they had not one, not two, but multiple meetings with members of Congress, multiple meetings with White House staff. Where do you think that the people got these plans in the Capitol building and knew exactly where to go? I have been saying this since the beginning. I worked on Capitol Hill, right? For many years. Even I don't know my way around all of the intricate turns and what have you indoors that are not marked, but they knew what doors to go into. They knew where whip Clyburn's capital office was as opposed to his regular congressional office and how to get there. So these are the people that have been called out in the Rolling Stones article. Paul Gosser, who is a representative from Arizona. Now, Paul Gosser, according to these two insurrectionists, who the Rolling Stones has been in contact with, have said that when they spoke with his office and staff multiple times, that he talked about dangling and presenting them with blanket pardons, right? Providing people with, you know, blanket pardons, just do our bidding right? Hang the vice president, do whatever needs to be done in order to keep Trump in office. You're doing your patriotic duty and we'll have your back. That's what Paul Gosser apparently was telling insurrectionists that he met with, right? Then you have Lauren Boebert, you have Mo Brooks, who is already being sued, right? If you remember, he is being sued by another member of Congress for his involvement and his speech. At the insurrection. Remember that Mo Brooks, if I'm not, if I'm remembering correctly, was the one that decided that he was going to attend the rally with body armor on underneath his clothes so that he could be, you know, quote, ready for anything. He's being sued by Eric Swalwell. Then you have Madison Cawthorn, you have Andy Biggs, and you have Representative Gomart. Those are just the handful whose names, and by the way, these are people who also following the insurrection still voted to decertify the election. So we knew that these people have been involved. Where are the FBI investigations into them? Where's the DOJ's indictments? Not to mention the fact that these people in the Rolling Stones article also said that they met with Mark Meadows. We also know that there was a war room that was put together that Steve Bannon, John Eastman, Rudy Giuliani, and others had activated at the Willard Hotel. So how is it that we have all of this investigative reporting, all of this information that is now being disseminated through our media streams, and yet I hear nothing coming out of the Department of Justice. We hear no indictments, and it's been 10 goddamn months. You don't even hear this administration speaking in candid terms every single day about how justice will prevail and that we will ensure that the intended coup, or as Bill Maher has said, this slow-moving coup, because here's the thing, folks, it's still actually unfolding. And they are winning. That's the reality. They have already implemented hundreds of voter suppression laws they have installed new secretaries of states or are getting ready to. They are running for school board and city council. They are doing everything that they can to make sure that once Democrats lose, because they will, because that's what Democrats are good at, is fucking losing any bit of power that the people give them. Because they're too busy trying to, as my favorite movie says, the American president, too busy trying to hold on to their jobs instead of actually doing their fucking jobs. So whose problem is it going to be when Democrats lose in 2022 and Kevin McCarthy takes the gavel from Nancy Pelosi? Where do you think they're going to be turning their investigations to? It sure as fuck isn't going to be the insurrection. I'll tell you what they're going to do. They're going to turn the investigations over to Afghanistan and turn that into Biden's Benghazi. That they are going to open up investigations into their political opponents in the same way that Donald Trump was and wanted the Department of Justice to do on his behalf. And then when they regain the Senate and Mitch McConnell once again picks up the gavel, what do you think is going to be the number one thing on his mind? Oh, probably ending the filibuster, but he doesn't give a shit. He'll blow up whatever he needs to blow up in order to block justices from being sat so that he can finish the ransacking of America's judicial system. Folks, the writing is on the wall and it is so fucking obvious to me what is happening. And all I can think of is, is this department of justice in cahoots, right? Like Is Merrick Garland on the Joe Manchin and Kirsten cinema train? And I'm not just throwing out bullshit theories, folks, but I have to ask, for people who have spent their lives inside of the government system, inside of the justice system, how is it that you can be so, so, so absolutely blind to what is happening in front of you? How is it that you can decide that you want to preserve institutions instead of the integrity of our democracy? How is it that we're the only ones, woke AF Nation, that is seeing the urgency of this moment and nobody that is actually at the lever of power is doing anything about it? This is the conversation that I'm going to be having with our friend, Ellie Mistol coming up next. And folks, I want to know how you are feeling. And I, I, I'm going to be asking this every single day. Tell me what you are thinking about the moves or non-moves that Merrick Garland has been making. And is it time? Is it time that we say we need another AG, that this one is not it? You know, you would think that after having been denied a hearing, to become the next Supreme court justice, that Merrick Garland would understand what we are up against, that there would be some fire in his belly. And yet there is none coming up next is my conversation with our friend, Ellie Mistel. Folks, I am always so excited when I get to welcome back my friend and yours, <laughs> Ellie Mistel, who is the justice correspondent for The Nation and one of the most brilliant folks to go on television to tell us about our impending doom as it pertains to, you know, the fact that we don't have a Department of Justice that is working on behalf of enforcing, what is that, justice, um, and accountability and responsibility as it pertains to pretty much any goddamn thing. Um, Ellie. You've been doing your rounds. You have been MSNBC, batting people down on C-SPAN. I want to start with a article that came out from the Rolling Stones, which was basically an investigative piece covering two different participants and planners for the insurrection on 1-6, who have identified, not one, not two not three, but five different members of Congress that they say that they were in contact with as they were planning, um, the insurrection, not only that, but also talked about the fact that Paul Gosser, Republican from Arizona, um, was dangling around a pardon, a blanket pardon to those that were planning and working on behalf of the Trump administration, as well as said that they met with Mark Meadows, what did you make um, of this Rolling Stones investigative article and where we are right now with regard to persecuting everyone involved in trying to overthrow our government 10 months ago?
0: Yeah, I mean, look, my first reaction was, I told you so. I mean, it, it, look, that, that this was an inside job was obvious the entire time. There are lots of different ways that we can skim that cat but when you look at not just the permissiveness of the Capitol Police, but when you look at how the rioters and insurrectionists knew exactly where to go. Remember, they ransacked the parliamentarian's office. The parliamentarian's office is one of those places that you can't get to unless you've been there already. That's not on anybody's, you know, like, General map of Capitol Hill. They had to know where to go. They had to know what they were looking for in the parliamentarian's office, and that's just one example. There, there are all these. There are all there, there, there are other examples. You know, Jim Clyburn always uh, bumps out to me, um, where he talks about how they didn't go to his office, which is kind of well signed and very close to the entrance where they broke through. They didn't go to his well signed office. They went to some back office place where Clyburn usually works out of. Only other Congress people and their staffs would know that. No rando insurrectionists would know that. So we already knew they had inside help, and we were already pretty sure who it was. Paul Gosser has been one of their biggest defenders since the attack. Neanderthal Taylor Green has been out front um, defending these people. We already know, Bo Brooks told them to go to the Capitol to fight. Like we already knew what, who these people were. And so it's not entirely surprising that now we have evidence that we have testimony um, that they had help. What is disappointing to me is that this is coming out of the January 6th commission, not the Department of Justice. Mm-hmm. That, that is where we need the, these investigations to be headed. Look, the January 6th committee, that's nice. That, that, that's great. Congress has a role in oversight. They have a role in legislating, understanding what happened and how it happened and what laws we might need to pass to make sure it doesn't happen again. That is totally and, and completely within the powers of Congress. The Department of Justice is where we go to get justice. The Department of Justice is where we go to get punishment. The Department of Justice is where we go to get accountability for the crimes that these people committed. And we don't see the Department of Justice taking a leading role in punishing criminals and their co-conspirators.
1: You know, I was one of those people. Um, I would argue probably, you know, around the first quarter of this administration saying that we needed to give folks time. Right. Because they were coming into a burning building with, you know, one fire extinguisher and every single room was on fire. And so we needed a, a moment to give folks a beat in order to get themselves together. It's been 10 goddamn months. Right? It's been 10 months. And what we have seen out of this Justice Department is that Merrick Garland is an institutionalist, that during his time of having his own Supreme Court seat denied, right, that he still believes somehow that, you know, Republicans are there to do their job and, you know, that everybody's above board and we just have to, you know, tighten a few screws in the Justice Department as opposed to, oh, I don't know, get to the root of the root of how the Justice Department was used as an arm and an extension of the Trump administration. So my question here is that we have all of these investigative journalists, right? We have, you know, this kind of toothless one six commission. What if, I mean, are we out of time? Like, do you think that the Justice Department is working behind the scenes and then we're going to come out with a parade of indictments that we've been waiting for? Or is this just, are we at this point, frankly, hopeless and only can understand that maybe, I don't know, the, the, the DC district attorney will decide to investigate these members that were named in the Rolling Stones article. If the Department of Justice does not.
0: You know, I, I don't want to say we're out of time because there's always time for justice. There's always time for justice. Um, but I, it does not appear to me that the Justice Department is working in secret. One of the ways that I know that is if you look at what's happening with Steve Bannon, um, Steve Bannon was subpoenaed by the House Select Committee. He refused to answer those subpoenas because Steve Bannon is um, a lawless asshole. Um, so he refused to comply with those subpoenas. The House then held him in contempt or sorry, um, voted to refer a criminal contempt proceeding back to the Justice Department, which now has the option of going forward and charging Steve Bannon. You know what I didn't say in all of that uh, explanation about Steve Bannon. I didn't say that Steve Bannon is in jail because no. he ain't. Because he hasn't been subpoenaed by the Justice Department, right? So, like, if you if you defy a congressional subpoena, this is the process: it goes to a vote, and we have this, and then we wait for it. If you defy a, a subpoena from the FBI, which is part of the Justice Department, you go to jail. You do not pass go. You do not collect two hundred dollars from the Mercer family. You just go to jail. So, if Steve Bannon had been subpoenaed, had been investigated by the FBI, and was pulling these shenanigans. He'd already had his gin soaked at in jail, right? So, so that's what we don't see. We don't see people like Steve Bannon being in jail. We don't see uh, that people like Mark Meadows have had documents or testimony requested for them from the FBI. If you want to find out who planned this and you're the FBI, there's no way to do it without talking to Bannon and Mark Meadows and Kelly, and, you know, that whole team. There's no way to do it without talking to those people. There's no way to do it without talking to Donald Trump Jr. There's no way to do it without talking to Mo Brooks. There's no way to do it without talking to Rudy Giuliani. And yet we see that these people have not been interviewed by the FBI, which tells me that the Justice Department is doing nothing. And so is there going to be some day later in the future where they decide to do something that's still a possibility, but from where I sit, I do not see the evidence of the Justice Department doing anything to prosecute those who are powerful. Look, they're willing to throw the book at you know dude with the horse, all right? They're willing to go prosecute man with cattle prod. I get like, but people have to understand this is really one of the one of the bigger things. This is one of the things that distinguishes good prosecutors from bad prosecutors. Right? Look, I, I don't have any love for prosecutors. I mean, that's be honest, right? But look, there are good prosecutors. And one of the things about good prosecutors is that they will go after the powerful people responsible. One of the things about bad prosecutors is that they only go after the low-hanging fruit, the people who are easy to convict, right? So it's like, it's the difference between, you know, difference between prosecuting Bodie from the wire versus prosecuting Stringer Bell, right? Bodie is a hopper. He has no power in the system. It's easy to go find him and put him in jail. Prosecuting the kingpins, that's hard. And that's what a good prosecutor will do. They will do what is hard. They will take the challenge of bringing accountability to the powerful. Merrick Garland has shown no desire to do that not now and not back when he was a prosecutor before people used when when Garland was announced. I was not a fan, but other people were, and they were like, Oh, look, he's strong on terrorism. He went and got Timothy McVeigh. Timothy McVeigh, the Oklahoma City bomber, he planted the bomb. That's that's easy. That's I mean, I it's not I don't want to say it's easy in a flippant way, but from a prosecutorial perspective, getting the person who did the thing is easy. Getting the person who planned the thing getting the co-conspirators, getting the financiers, that's hard. And that's not something that we've seen Garland do.
1: You know, here's my problem, Ellie, is that one, I think, first of all, when Biden decided to choose Merrick Garland, I thought that it was because I'm not a person like yourself who is inside of the justice system and knows these good people from bad. I just thought that basically... If you had been snubbed for 365 days in getting a hearing, then maybe you would have, you know, a bone to pick with the party that denied you a lifetime appointment on the Supreme Court. That being said, this toothlessness from this Department of Justice, tell us how, explain how dangerous this non-move move by the Justice Department to not take action against these people is right now, not politically, right, but in the sheer, like, understanding that our democracy is not hanging on by a thread. Like, our democracy, in my humble opinion, people listen to woke AF on a regular fucking basis, It you need to pull the plug. I don't believe that there is resuscitation here without aggressive action, and we see no one that is actually aggressively taking any action of note
0: you thought that, that Garland was going to come in for revenge. You didn't realize he was all about reconciliation, right? Like that's, like Gar- Garland doesn't want that smoke, doesn't have that heat. The problem, and if I may put on my Sarah Kensador hat, the problem is that when you try a coup and it fails and nothing happens to you, you try again. That, that, that's not hyperbole, hyperbole, that is history. The history of failed coups is When the people who planned it don't get punished, they try and try and try until they succeed overthrowing the government. So the stakes are no less than that. The violent overthrow of our government was planned and attempted. It failed the first time. Either the people who attempted it and failed get punished for that, get dissuaded from trying that again, or they try it again. And maybe next time it'll work. And they keep trying until it works. That's that's where we are. And the Garland and the Biden administration doesn't seem to understand that. Doesn't seem to get that. You know, my my I've got family, you know, from all over the world. But, but the, the big part of my ancestry goes back to goes back to Haiti, um, a country that often struggles with democracy. And one of the things that you know, my my parents and my uncle have always told me is that one of the worst things about America is that it's never lost its democracy. So it has no idea how to defend it because it doesn't think it needs defending. You know, all these other advanced, you know, Western style democracies, they've gone through a period where they ain't got no democracy. They've gone through a period where where democracy was taken away from them. You know, in England, they revolted against the king and chopped off Charles's head and you know 16 whatever. And then the king came back.
1: They lost it, <laughs> you
0: know, and it took them a, another couple hundred years to really get rid of their king, except that they have gotten rid of it. I mean, I'm going to go on and say they've gotten mm-hmm, rid of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, no offense to to, to Queen Elizabeth. Um, you know, but that that's that happened in England. That's happened in you know countries in the West Indies. That's happened in countries in South America. They've had it. They've lost it. They've had to go get it back. That's the story of France. In America. We've never lost it. And so we have this unearned belief that we can't lose it. And so right now, when it is being threatened, we are not fighting for it. We are not defending it. We have no clue how. And, you know, that's really troubling if you want to keep it.
1: You know, one of the prevailing statements that is being made, both by Democrats and by Republicans, most notably Condoleezza Rice last week, which was, we need to just move on. The American people don't care about 1-6. They care about gas prices. They care about the fact that they are going to have to pay more money for goods and services because of a quote-unquote labor shortage, which isn't a labor shortage. It's actually a shortage of employers wanting to pay people what they are fucking worth. But regardless of that, what is your response to politicians who are... And I believe that this is also the feeling of the Biden administration. There were other attorney general, U S attorney general that you could have chosen, right. That had teeth. And so, but you put up this guy and you put, you, you don't do a, a, a press talk or press walk with regard to why it's important that we do not turn the page on this. So what do you think? And what do you say to those that are like, Oh no, 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 we just need to move on. It's, it's been 10 months. We just need to move on.
0: So I I break them up into just two categories. Category A is everybody who says we need to move on, who were Republican and there at the time of Benghazi, when they had like 18 billion hearings and hours of testimony on Benghazi. People like Condoleezza Rice, right? So I take all of those people in column A and I say, all y'all can shut the fuck up, can just get out of my damn face, because y'all are some hypocrites. Like that's that's just the that's just the that's just what it is. Condoleezza Rice has absolutely no leg to stand on when she was one of the promoters of having more Benghazi hearings to say that now it is time to move on from an actual attack on the capital of the United States. They can take all the seats. Then you've got the other people who are just like, well, we should move on because they personally are bored with it. right? They pers- They personally don't Seem to worry about losing our democracy. They personally don't seem to care about insurrection. And for those people, I go back to what I already said that this is that you cannot move forward until you have accountability for the past. Because if you don't have this accountability, then it's just going to come back. Right. And people don't always, you know, read history or understand its lessons. But if you read any history and understand any lesson, (laughs) is that this is how coups work. If you, don't, if you don't punish the people who do it, they always come back. So whether that, that's boring to you is kind of besides the point. It's what needs to happen for our democracy to continue going forward and worry about your gas prices and your infrastructure bills and whatever, right? So it's, 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 those are the two sides of it. I, why Biden isn't the one leading that charge is beyond me because it's his government they tried to overthrow and I, I don't understand why that's why that's something he doesn't want to talk about every single day like if it was me i every if it were me if any yeah, there are lots of reasons why it's not me but if it was me <laughs> right i have a perp of the week like every friday i walk yep. one of these dudes out there like here's a idiot person who tried to overthrow my government. He's going to jail for six years. Next week, here's another idiot person trying to overthrow my government. He's going to jail for three months, because all he did was poop on the floor. Next, like I would I would have a a goddamn week, so that the public never forgets what they did. You know why this is a little history lesson, sorry to be nerdy here. Do you know why the Republican Party is their mascot as an elephant? No, actually. During the Civil War, before the Civil War, the Republicans were the the pro uh, abolition party to the extent that there was one. They were the pro-union party, they were the anti-slavery party, right? It was the Democrats who were pro-slavery, right? And so then there was a whole Civil War. And then for years after the Republicans were always like, remember, don't vote for the Democrats. They started the goddamn war. And so the Republicans got the moniker elephant. It was a it was a it was a slam. Because they never forgot the Civil War. They, they would never. never let Democrats off the hook for the Civil War. The, the Republicans never forgot the Civil War. The Democrats are already trying to forget the insurrection. There are already two Democrats trying to make the, trying to forget the insurrection. I would never forget. I would have that seared into the consciousness of every voter. These people try to overthrow the government.
1: That is it for me today, folks, on Woke AF Daily. As always, power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. Right Rug Flooring.